Esther chapter number five. Let's look, if we would, at verse number one. That came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house, and the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. And so it was when the king saw Esther, the queen, standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. And the king said unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther, and what is thy request? It shall be given thee, even given thee, to the half of the kingdom. And Esther answered, If it seem good unto thee, O king, let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Calls Haman to make haste, that he may do as Esther had said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee, and what is thy request? Even to the half of the kingdom it shall be performed. Then answered Esther, said, My petition and my request is, If I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my petition, And to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do tomorrow as the king hath said. Then went Haman forth that day, joyful and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he stood not up nor moved for him, he was full of indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself, and when he came home, he sent and called for his friends and Zeresh, his wife, Haman told them of the glory of the riches and the multitude of his children and all the things wherein the king had promoted him and how he had advanced him above the princes and servants of the king. Haman said, moreover, yea, Esther the queen did let no man come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared but myself, and tomorrow am I invited unto her also with the king. Yippee! Yet all this availeth me nothing so long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then said Zeresh's wife and all the friends unto him, let a gallows be made 50 cubits high, and tomorrow will speak thou unto the king, that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go thou in merrily with the king unto the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made. Let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Help me to be a blessing. Use me. Thank you for the Bible. Lord, we bless your name. Worship is what gets the chains off. Now, for all of those of us that are battling some chains tonight, help us to bless you through it, moving you to respond. Bless now the preaching of the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Say it with me. God is working behind the scene. Say it again. God is working behind the scene. Say it again. God is working behind the scene. We can even see that in the story that was just depicted through the song. These men got thrown into prison for doing right. And there they were, thrust into prison. And at midnight, 
Paul and Silas are singing and they're praising God when it seems like the devil is winning. Listen to me. We never need to base what we do in the Christian life on what it seems like. God doesn't work on seems like. Amen. The Christian can't work on what it seems like. God's got, Christians got to work on what it, God says it's like. Amen. We have to believe the Bible. And they believed. They believed that Jesus had given them a command and they stood for it. And God worked behind the scenes for them. Sent an earthquake and loosed their change. No different in Esther. Years before that time, here we were in Persia, underneath a pagan ruler, in a place where God's people had never intended to be, outside of familiarity, in a foreign situation. Raise your hand if sometimes life puts you somewhere that's unfamiliar, all right? You feel like a foreigner. You feel out of place. Can I say to you that the longer we live, the more like foreigners we're going to feel on earth. There's nothing down here for us. The system that runs here, the culture that runs here, the way that people live, the ideology, the philosophy is diametrically opposed to the child of God. That's why Paul said in the New Testament, our citizenship is in heaven. We got to live on earth like we're already in heaven. We got to live like we belong to a place out of this world. And it truly is a place that God is preparing for us. So here is Esther in the middle of turmoil, she has discovered that there's a plot against her and her people. She has discovered that no matter how plush her situation is, no matter how enjoyable and prestigious her position is, she will not escape the plot. Can I say to you, Christian, it doesn't matter how much you advance in the world. If you are a child of God, you will not live outside of the attacks on God's people. If you name the name of Jesus, spiritual warfare will hunt you down. It will. You're not going to avoid it. Don't think that you've moved so far up the ladder that you've attained so much success that you, you're saved, but, but where you have gotten in this world will shield you from that which most average Christians face. Listen to me. When you name the name of Jesus, you're going to shake up devil, the devil in the pit of hell, and he's coming for you because you're living for the Lord. And so this evil plot is met by an engaged perception that brings about an effective plan. Last week, we looked at the poised actions of Esther. Despite the odds, despite the challenge, despite the risk, she's aware of it, counting the cost. Don't leave here tonight and go serve God and act like you don't know what's going on. Please, please understand, you get up tomorrow and live for God, you're going to live against the status quo. You're going to raise your kids right. If you're going to lead your marriage right. If you're going to live according to this Bible. Listen, if you're going to live according to this Bible in the 21st century, if you're going to walk outside of this world, outside of this church, and be a light in darkness, you're going to be salt in blandness. You're going to be purity in immorality. You're going to be righteousness in wickedness. You're going to stand for Jesus when the devil is the God of this world. Please understand, you are going to be going the wrong way. You ever driven down a one-way road going the wrong way and all the cars were coming opposite of you. That's what the Christian life it's like. It's like going down what looks like the wrong way. By the way, if you don't know that God sent you down the wrong way, you're going to turn around and start going the way they say is the right way. Listen to me. There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of that broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Many there be that find it, but straight is the way and narrow is the way that leadeth to life everlasting. And few there be that, listen to me, child of God, if everybody's going where you're going, you're probably going the wrong way. 
So poised actions. I'm going. I'm going. I talked about it in chapter 4. I told you all pray and I decided to pray. Hey, listen, Christian, stop praying about doing stuff and then end up not doing it. Stop asking people to pray for you to do something and then you end up not doing it. I, I have run into people that I've been praying for about something for a long time. I said, how's everything going? Well, I decided not to. I wish you had told me while I'm praying for you in the midst of that storm that you're not even in it. Sometimes people are going before the throne asking God for strength in the midst of our trial and we've already tapped out. Hey, how's Bible college? I left Bible college. How's marriage? We're divorced. How's that ministry going? I'm not doing it anymore. How's that calling? I turned it back in. Thank God that Esther in chapter 5 did what she committed to do in chapter 4. Listen, don't get so hyped in here at church tonight. You're going to live for God. Get up tomorrow morning and say, oh, on second thought. We're not here tonight to fill a time slot. We're not here tonight because we have nothing else to do. We're not praying because we're just trying to go through rituals. This is not mass. Amen. We're not praying some recited prayers. This is not some get together. This is not a seance. We're here tonight on our knees. We have a prayer list because we believe in our heart of hearts that there's a God that's listening. We believe there's a Holy Spirit that's praying for us. We believe there's a Jesus that's advocating for us. We believe there's a Father that can move. We believe that lost people can get saved as a result of our prayers, that sick people can get well as a result of our prayers, that difficult trials can, can people can go through and get the grace that they need because of our... We're not praying because we have nothing else to do. We're praying because we have nobody else that can change it but the God we're praying to. And we believe by faith and we have learned by experience that God answers prayer. Now, if somebody's praying for for you to live for God, get up tomorrow and live for God. Esther says, I'm going. Her poised action, she follows through on prayer. I don't believe that, I think it's unfair for a Christian to waste the prayers of others. Amen. By the way, your pastor's praying for you to, to live a victorious Christian life. Now go live it. You're praying for your pastor to lead, right? I need to lead, right? We're praying for one another. We are not going to the King of kings and Lord of lords who holds all power in his hands for him to unleash power on people who are not going to let their performance be guided by his power. So her poised actions introduce her to permitted access. Now listen, church, come on. Here's, here's what Esther's teaching us. Sometimes you've got to head towards the door before it opens. Anybody listening? Sometimes God doesn't open it till you walk towards it. Amen. Some doors, listen, some doors you got to walk up to and open. Some doors you get up close enough, they open by themselves. Listen to me. Esther said, I'm headed towards the door because that's where God is leading. I've got to trust that by the time I get up to it, I ain't going to bust my head. God's going to open it. And God opened it. God opened it. When the Spirit is moving you, when the Spirit is driving you, when, when the unction of the Holy Ghost is pushing you towards something, go share the gospel. I don't know what they're going to say. I, they, they got a hood on their head. They might not want to listen. If the Holy Ghost shared the, said share the gospel, don't worry about the hood. Has the thought ever occurred to you that God, the Holy Ghost, can get up underneath that hood? You've, you've got to go. We, we are so busy measuring circumstances instead of just obeying the voice of God. How many people have we refused to witness to because we have already concluded they don't want to hear it? We don't witness because they appear to want to hear it. We witness because God said, tell them. Listen, let me give you one. Let me give you a gospel negative that's positively true. You can never witness to the wrong person. 
Now, this is Esther teaching us. Please listen. Esther is teaching us. She's, she's teaching us that when we do what God says do, God moves. Draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. Go fix me a cake first. How can I do a first if there ain't going to be a second? I told you I've got enough meal for me and my son to eat and then die. Now you tell me fix your case first when I tell you the cake I have can't be the first when it's the last. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll go bake the cake. Now, now, now watch this now. When she, before she obeyed, she had enough meal for one meal. After she obeyed, she had enough meal till the famine ran out. Listen, I'm just simply saying, if you're waiting for the door to open before you start walking, it probably will never open. If you walk because God said walk, he'll open it before you get to it. Here comes the golden scepter, permitted access. And it not only, listen, he not only opens the door, but he lays it all out for her. Prosperous availability, prosperous availability. Notice what, she, what he says to her. What wilt thou? What wilt thou? And this is what he says. Before she even asked for something, he says, it shall be given thee to the half of the kingdom. Now listen, doesn't this sound like prayer? God said, you have not because you asked not. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. God said, I'm telling you before you even ask, I've got enough for what your need is. Ladies and gentlemen, before we even pray, God says, listen to me, the inventory of heaven is available to you. Now, please answer the question. Why in the world do we have problems asking a God for something who has already opened up the windows before we even ask? Prosperous availability to the half of the kingdom. He didn't even know what she wanted, but he told her before you even ask it, I'm going to let you know that half of what I have is available to you. Prosperous availability. Move towards God and don't back off on your request that you have to have before God. Let your requests be made known unto God. Philippians 4, 6. Now, when you're requesting and when you're offered half, I said this last week, just because you offered half don't mean you have to take it. Just because God says it's available doesn't mean you have to listen. Just because there are 10 wings in the basket doesn't mean you have to take all 10. This is what I call a prudent approach. There, there's, there's wisdom. By the way, this is once again a revelation of our leadership from God. See, see, when God is the voice that is leading us, when God is the impetus that is directing us, when God is the discernment that is clarifying for us, we prove that we're really hearing from God by the way we talk when we open our mouths. Stop saying God's leading you and then you keep saying something foolish. Esther is proving her leadership from God by her demonstration of wisdom. Don't miss this church. We have too many Christian people that are flaunting the profession that they are led by God and yet operating void of wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let them ask of God, which give it to all men liberally and upbraid it not. Listen to me. 
You are not being led by God if you are being led foolishly. You demonstrate a contradiction to your claim when you say you're led by God and then out of your mouth comes foolishness. The man that's led by God not only makes the right actions, he makes the right articulation. God not only tells you what to do, God tells you what to say. Don't tell me you're standing up on Sunday night or Wednesday night or some other time. God told you to share this testimony and the testimony is all about you. See, my talk needs to match my walk if I'm being led by the right master. And this is, this is just wisdom. I was reading about devotions this week, listening to Solomon as he succeeds his father on the throne. And he steps on the throne and God says, what do you want? Anything you want. And Solomon basically says, I don't know what I'm doing. I need guidance. I need wisdom. I need discernment so that I can lead this kingdom right. And so many words, God said, you could have asked for riches, but because you asked for wisdom, I'll give you wisdom and give you riches. And the next thing you know, we find out after God says, I give you wisdom, God gives Solomon a a chance to demonstrate whether or not he has wisdom. Here come two women and both of them say that the live baby is hers and the dead baby is hers. And he's got two women and one baby. One baby's dead and both of the women are saying that baby's baby's theirs. And all of a sudden one woman says, it's mine and the dead baby's hers but she said the dead baby's mine. And Solomon said, bring me a sword. We're going to cut the baby in half and give both of you half. And one woman says, no, 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 no. Don't cut the baby in half. Give the baby to her. And the other woman says, cut the baby in half. I'll take half of it. And Solomon with wisdom said, guess what? You that said cut the baby in half, I know it ain't your child because no mama would let her baby cut, be cut in half. She'd give up her baby before she let her baby. Listen, here's what Solomon said. I said God gave me wisdom, but I lied if I got a chance to demonstrate it. I don't know what I'm doing. We got too many Christians. Huh? I love that I'm blessed and highly favored and can't figure out how to, how to put two praising sentences together. before they, Have you ever knocked on a door like that? How you doing? Oh, I'm going to invite you to come. Oh, I've been saved. How long have you been saved? I've been saved since I was born. I go to church. I serve God. Then you look, in, you look in the crack of the door. It's a six-pack back then. Cigarettes still running around and, and a bunch of foolishness. And magazines on the wall that look like that. Listen, stop telling me you're walking with God and doing foolishness at the same time. And here's Esther's demonstration of prudence. Come this day to the banquet. Come this day to the bank. Where's my clock, guys? Y'all don't, y'all don't want me to know what time it is. It's the clock. Amen. If you're going to take the clock down, put the time up there. What time is it? Esther. God is working behind. That's not a time, all right? Pastor preached till 10 o'clock tonight. What happened? They took the clock down. Come to the banquet. I'd like for you and Haman to come to the banquet. This is a prudent approach. This is the average Christian. Some Christian people can't find out another Christian's blessed without asking them for stuff. You listening? Soon as you find out there's a Christian that God's blessing, you want to get in on the blessing. And Esther, listen, here goes the king. Half of the kingdom is yours. The average Christian would have said, yes, I'd like half of it. Esther said, I just want you to come to the banquet. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. See, ladies and gentlemen, when you ask for too much, you're going to close the door of opportunity. Learn how to walk 
sensitive to the spirit of God. You approach somebody and say, hey, I'd like to invite you to come to church. Well, I really am not looking for a church right now. Understand, God may be closing the door. Don't beat the person up over. Well, don't you, you need to be looking for a church. You're going to die and go to hell. You could drop dead tonight right before you leave here. You're losing your opportunity. Well, if you ever want a church, here's a flyer. Let me invite you to my church. I'd like to pray for you, and I hope that God opens your heart. Leave the door open. Don't lose your chance to come back because you asked too much the first time. Anybody listening? Don't go up in there, Esther, the very first time and say, your man trying to kill us, would you take care of No, no, no. Come to the bank. Just wisdom. Personified. You don't live out there in that crazy world. You, you gotta learn to have wisdom. Demonstrate it. I don't know a better indication of wisdom or the lack thereof than when we talk. Wisdom. So the prudent approach, notice the positive agreement by way of response from Haman. Come to the banquet, verse 10, verse 5 rather. Then the king said, verse 5. Cause Haman to make haste, that he may do as Esther had said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. <laughs> Pastor, everything I ask people for, they turned me down. Maybe you're not being led by God. I, I, in all the years of of being in ministry and all the years of, of seeing Christian people, I've never run into a Christian who was serious about serving God who went before a superior and asked permission to do what God told him to do where God didn't work. I've seen Christians working a job where, where, where the job was pulling them away from church. I've seen people in a, in a, involved in a secular situation that was interfering with their walk with God. In every situation where that child of God was committed to do the right thing, God moved on their behalf. If God is not moving, maybe there's something in you that won't let him. Listen to the response. This, this, is, this is verification. This is confirmation that Esther is moving in concert with the leadership of Almighty God. Calls Haman and, uh, and, and, and you to come to the banquet. And he says, yes, we will come. Positive agreement. We'll come to the banquet that Esther has prepared. Verse 6. And, and the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine. What is our petition? Isn't it amazing? Esther is the one in need, but the king is the one insisting she ask. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He moveth it whithersoever he will. You think the hardest decision you have is going before lost people. The hardest decision you have is obeying God. You do that part, God will do the rest. Stop struggling with being scared of people and struggle with the consequences if you rebel against God. This, this is a God thing. We look at this story and we're all crossing our fingers. I hope that Esther, I hope that king holds that scepter out. I hope that king holds that scepter. You've already done the hard part, Esther. You, you evaluated the risk and said, regardless of what the world says, I'm going to do what God. Listen, get it right up there and God will fix it down here. Positive agreement. Persistent affirmation. Look at verse 6. What is our petition? Half of the kingdom. Here he goes again. And then answered Esther. 
My petition and my request is, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleased the king to grant the petition and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do tomorrow as the king hath said. How about this? This is a patient address. I've got to learn how to wait on the Lord. Every, not everything that God is doing is God doing right now. And you've got to learn how to be patient. God, I believe you're working. You've got to learn how to live one day at a time. Some Christians are trying to evaluate their next 10 years and they can't move together in their next 10 steps because they're trying to figure out their next 10 years. Listen to me. You're not going to get out of debt tomorrow, but you can get up tomorrow and be a good steward. You may not get married tomorrow, but you can get up tomorrow and be a good single person that can, that can help somebody else that wants to get married. I'm just simply saying, you've got to take steps for God before you can live a life for God. I, my life is a bad life. Your life's not going to be a good life to your steps are good steps. You string enough good steps together, you'll discover what it is to have a good life. You can't have a good life without good steps. You can't have a good week without good days. You can't have a good day without good hours. You can't have good hours without good minutes. You can't have good minutes without good seconds. You can't have good nothing without good decisions. This is Esther stringing together a book. Listen, you think Esther was taking a step by step and said, I need to make sure I do this right because a couple thousand years from now, they're going to be sitting across those chapters of church and they're going to be reading out the book of Esther and I can't mess it up in chapter five because I got several more chapters. No, 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 no. She didn't know she was writing a book. She's just living the Christian life, which means following God step by step. Ladies and gentlemen, it may be years after you're gone when someone's reading your book. Your book's not going to be a very good read if you won't learn how to follow God step by step. Today's a step. You took a step in the book today. You came to church. It's part of the process. You're going to look back two years from now and coming to church on Wednesday nights is going to be a part of why your story reads what it reads. Listen to me. Everybody wants a happy ending. You can't have a happy ending if you can't get a happy middle. This is part of it. It's obedience to God. It just seems like one Wednesday night in the month of March. It's not one Wednesday night in the month of March. It's a step on the path of obedience. You're producing a habit. You're developing consistency. You are teaching yourself that on a day in the middle of the week when I have a long week and I'm battling traffic and I'm tired and I have something else I can do, I'm going to learn to go where I'm supposed to go, when I'm supposed to go for one reason, not because I enjoy it, not because traffic, not because I feel like it, but because God said go. You've got to learn. Jesus said in Luke chapter 8, those that hear the word of God and do it are my brethren. He said my family aren't people that are connected to me uh, genealogically. My family are people that hear me and do what I I said, are you kin to Jesus? Hear him and do what he says. Wow. Patient. Patient address. And then notice very quickly we're close tonight. Then answered Esther, here's my petition. I found favor in the sight of the king. Grant my petition. Perform my request. Let the king and Haman come to the banquet. I'll prepare for them. And I'll do tomorrow as the king. I will ask you, but I'll ask you when the time is right. Well, here's verse 9. Then went Haman forth the day joyful. <laughs> I call this a pleased adversary. Now, here's, here's, here's what you're going to have to get and you can go home. When you're on the path of obedience and God is taking you on a path, remember, no product without the process. 
And I've got to understand the Christian life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. So sometimes I make a decision in concert with the will of God that appears to benefit my enemies. Haman is, listen, Haman is rejoicing. You know why? Because the move at the time looks beneficial to Haman and not very helpful to Esther. There's nothing shaking the scenario right here. Coming to a banquet is not helping the Israelites keep from getting annihilated. But you know what it is? It's teaching a child of God obedience. You better get it. Sometimes your obedience appears to please your enemies. Hmm? Sometimes you, you submit to something that doesn't look very good for you. It looks good for the enemy. Watch this. Sometimes you do something that makes people that are against you very happy. And watch this now. If you don't learn to live by principle, you're going to do things that make your enemies mad, but they make God mad too. You've got to learn to obey God even when your obedience to God appears to benefit your enemies because it's not up to you to make them miserable. It's up to you to obey God. And we're going to see in him next week how Haman's just, just tickled. 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 No, 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 you can't be off. Oh, I can't believe that. Look at him, just, just, just happy that I'm saved and I don't get to do what I want to do as a Christian. And you're just mad. I'm mad. Listen, here's the Christian. I'm mad when people that aren't Christians are glad. No, you can't live like that. You can't be a Christian mad because lost people are glad. You can't be a Christian glad because lost people are mad. You got to be a Christian at peace because your father is pleased with your obedience. It's a process. You got to live to see another day. That's what obedience is. You know, you remember when you played on video games? Video games, you used to put them in the, in the restaurants. There used to be one of them in Chesapeake. Right in the corner there, you had a video, number race car games, and, and it'd be like you getting down to about three seconds, and the car was going to run out of gas, but if you'd cross over that, that, that one line where that ribbon, where that flag was, all of a sudden you get extended time, and you were at one second. As soon as you cross that line, you got 45 seconds. Hey, 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 let me tell you what Christianity is all about. It's about the Christian life that wake, the Christian that wakes up every day and says, if I want more time to go down this process that God is taking me on, obedience extends my time. I can't get up every day and think I'm going to complete everything that God has for me today. But here's the goal. That I won't do anything to cut my time. I'm, I'm going to go church tonight. Because church is what you want me to do on Wednesday night, on the month of March, on the 15th of March, 2023. You want me to go to church. Now listen to me. I'm telling you right now. Going to church tonight may not be connected to how much money you owe. may not be connected to your project on work to, at work tomorrow. may not be connected to the husband you don't think you're going to find. may not be connected to the friendships that are struggling. may not be connected to the trial that you're going. But I tell you what it is. It is your chance to obey God tonight so that he extends your time, stays on your path, and keeps blessing your progress. So tomorrow morning, God doesn't go, I don't want to hear from you. You didn't do what I told you to do yesterday. And there's going to come a time where God's going to say, now, now, 
Let it be known, Esther. But for now, just obey me. I know they got gallows. I know this man is, is devising evil for you. And it would be very easy for you to rush to revenge. Come on. But it's not your time to fix Haman. It's your time to obey God. All right, child of God. I know. Service is going to be over in just a minute. And you're headed right back to your trial. Hey, listen. Stop coming to church and looking for some ammunition so you can leave out, leave out of here and shoot up everything in your path. I'm glad I came to church. I just needed some bullets. I'm going to church tomorrow. I'm going to work tomorrow morning. And the first person that looks like the devil. No, no, no. Come to church and say, I'm going to learn tonight how to be more obedient to God. Because obedience extends my time so that God keeps Working on my behalf because ultimately I don't need his help to give me the ammo to defeat the enemy. I need his help because he's the only one that can defeat the enemy. And he doesn't work on the behalf of people who refuse to obey him. My question to you tonight is not this. Not how close you are to quelling the attack of the enemy. My question to you tonight is this. Where you are in your Christian life, are you obedient? Our Father blessed the word. We've got to learn to bring the Christian life back to where it all started. Faith without works is dead. This is a beautiful story that Esther is showing us, but all of it's derailed if along the way she doesn't follow the game plan. Actors are great if they know their lines. The movie's great if the actors follow the plot, but as talented as the actors may be, Nothing makes sense unless they submit to the leadership of the director. Help us, Lord. As actors in your play, help us to quit ad-libbing, to quit improvising, to just follow the script. Because eventually, there's a happy ending in sight. Pastor God is speaking to me in my heart where I am. Would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand all over the building? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God, God's writing a script. <laughs> and anybody that's ever been in any plays, anybody that's ever directed anything would tell you, it's amazing how many actors who have nothing to do with writing the play in, this, in, this, in the moment feel gifted to just say what they want to say. Do what they want. I, I, think this, I think this line would be read or right here. But the problem is, you thinking about the one line, you ain't thinking about the whole play. Follow the script. Follow the script. Lord, thank you for your word. Bless God and direct. In Jesus' name.